Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. Joining me, as always, is my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Dude, I'm doing good. You ready for this? Yes, sir. As you know, I'm always ready for this. Yeah. A little bit of shaking, bacon, Mm -hmm. pigskin. That's right. It is, once again, time for Football NASCAR Talk, baby. I love it. Can't wait. Let's get into it, shall we? Let's do it, brother. Yes, sir. We're going to start off with the results from Richmond. As Martin Turex Jr. took the checkered flag in the number 19 Toyota in first place. Denny Hamlin, his teammate, in second place, right behind him in the 11 Toyota. In third place, their teammate, Christopher Bell, in the 20 Toyota, giving uh, Joe Gibbs Racing a 1-2-3 finish. In fourth place was the ninth car, nine, car, nah, number nine car. Number nine car. There we go. Chase Elliott, and of course that's a Chevy. Joey Logano in the 22 Ford finished fifth. Kyle Larson in the number five uh, Chevy finished sixth. Ross Chastain in the 42 Chevy finished seventh. Kevin Harvick in the four Ford finished eighth. That's a weird way to say that, but it's what it is. Kyle Busch in the 18 Toyota finished ninth. And Ryan Blaine round out the top ten in the number 12 Ford. The standings as they currently sit, Denny Hamlin with that second place finish keeps his points lead. And so he's in first place. Martin Turex Jr. with that win advances to the next round. And is still in second place. Kyle Larson has dropped down to third in the five uh, number five Chevy. Joey Logano is fourth in the twenty-two Ford. And fifth is Ryan Blaney in the twelve Chevy. Kevin Harvick in the four Ford is sixth. Chase Elliott in the nine Chevy is seventh. Christopher Bell in the twenty Toyota is eighth. Brad Kozlowski in the number two Ford is nine. Kyle Busch in the number eighteen Toyota is ten. And Eric Amarola. And the number 10 Ford is 11th. Uh, Alex Bowman in the 48 Chevy is 12th. Kurt Busch in the number 1 Chevy is 13th. Tyler Reddick in the number 8 Chevy is 14th. William Byron in the number 24 Chevy is 15th. And Michael McDowell rounds out the top 16 
in the 34 Ford. So let's get on to some NFL standings real quick before we get to some news. Let's do it, brother. All right, here we go. In the AFC, the East, as follows, is the Dolphins are the lone winner from this last weekend as they are 1-0 in the division. Bills, Patriots, and Jets are all 0-1. In the AFC North division, the Steelers and Bengals are the lone winners in the division as the Steelers upset the Bills, the Bengals beat the Vikings, Browns lost to Kansas City, and the Ravens lost to the Raiders on Monday Night Football. And I just realized I had to make an adjustment on that because I didn't put their actual losses in there. That's my bad. In the South Division, the Texans were the lone winners in the South Division as they beat the Jaguars, so the Jaguars are 0-1. The Colts did not win against Seattle, and the Titans got rocked by the Cardinals. And we'll talk about that as well. In the AFC West, every team in that division won, so the Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos, and Chargers are all 1-0. In the NFC, back here on the East Coast, the Eagles were the only winners in that division as they beat the Falcons, the Cowboys, Washington football team, and Giants all lost. In the NFC North, no one won. No, no one. one. Not a win. Ophers. Ofer. Lions, Bears, Packers, and Vikings all losing. Packers surprisingly lost. And I actually forgot to put that on the notes, so we're going to talk about that too. Anyways, in the NFC South, you have two winners, or actually three winners in that division. As the Falcons were the only team to lose, so the Saints, Buccaneers, and Panthers all were winners. And in the NFC West, everybody won. Everybody. Everybody won. Including us on Sunday Night Football, which we'll talk about. But the Niners, Seahawks, and Cardinals all took home victories this weekend. So, now we're ready for some notes. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it, brother. Yes, sir. Here we go. Oops, I gotta go back to the top. Here we go. So Martin Truex Jr. won at Richmond and led a 1-2-3 finish for Joe Gibbs Racing as teammates Danny Hamlin and Christopher Bell finished right behind him. Hamlin managed to retain his points lead and Truex Jr. has officially advanced to the next round of the uh, playoff chase for the cup. Kyle Busch received a speeding penalty on pit road with 50 laps remaining which allowed Truex Jr. to take over the lead which he would not relinquish. So Cooper, your thoughts on Truex winning and advancing on to the next round. Dude, a 1-2-3 win on that one. That's pretty sweet, dude. Yeah, that's good for Joe Gibbs Racing. It definitely is, man. It's always good when they're all in the playoffs together and they're good to go. So there you go, bro. Yes, sir. It was nice, too, because um, and the fact that this is the second time we had a 1-2-3 finish as uh, I believe it was Kyle Larson led that um, for uh, – Hendricks Racing earlier this year, but he talked about that too. Yeah. So this is the second time this year we had a 1-2-3 teammate finish. It's always good when you get those, because that means you've got a good crew. That's what's up. Yes, sir. love how that worked. All right, so some interesting news came out of NASCAR today. As NASCAR is moving the Clash, the Clash race in 2022 away from Daytona International Speedway for the first time since 1979. In a surprising move, NASCAR will run the invite-only Clash from the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum in Los Angeles, California, on February 6th. Plans are to have a temporary uh, to have a temporary quarter-mile asphalt track built inside the football stadium. NASCAR will return to Los Angeles area for the Auto Club Speedway later on in 2022. Due to the pandemic, NASCAR did not race in Los Angeles this season. But Cooper, what? <laughs> What are they doing? What is this? Hot Wheels? Let's build a track, dude. I know. Let's do this, brother. <laughs> I guess so. Hey, this is pretty cool, dude. It's it's different. It's mm-hmm. interesting. I can't wait to see what it's going to look like. 
And, you know, um, it'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to think about how this is going to be happening. I mean, it was funny because if you remember Cars, the last race of that of the of the movie that they're all supposed to be racing for the Piston Cup was in a stadium that was built similar to look like the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Yeah. And so I was like, did that inspire them to think about doing something like this at some point? Right. Because I, I remember watching it when it came out in 2006. I was like, oh, that's cool. I wonder if they'd ever do that concept. I'm like, I doubt it. But yet here we are looking at this going, uh, we're about to witness something that I didn't even thought would be possible in our lifetime. Right. A racetrack inside the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. It's going to be fun. Uh, LA, I hope you pack it out, man, uh, guys, because... That's definitely something that yeah, you may never see again. Pack it to the brim, dude. It's going to be mm-hmm. awesome. Because even if you get to standing room only, the Coliseum can hold 100,000 spectators. So That would be awesome to see that. Yes, sir. All right. Let's move from the from the racetrack to the gridiron, shall we? So from, from shake and bake to pigskin? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Pork rind, pig skin, same thing. <laughs> All right, here we go. There were two big upsets in NCAA this last weekend. It's unranked Arkansas Razorbacks whooped number 15 Texas Longhorns to the tune of 40-21. to 21. The other happened at the uh, big noon kickoff game as number 12 Oregon went into the horseshoe in Columbus, Ohio, as they defeated number 3 Ohio State Buckeyes, 35-28. to 28. The Longhorns got a taste of what life will be like when they move to the SEC and face better competition than they currently face in the Big 12. As for Oregon, this is the first time they ever have beaten Ohio State. It took 10 tries. They are the epitome of the sports cliche of playing an opponent 10 times, but they just need that one time. Yeah, man. I I mean, I think that's how it goes, man. You get the right kind of, you know, team. You get the right coach. And, mm-hmm. and you know, Chris Ball, he's just he's one of them guys that, that likes to push his players to the absolute best. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing this in this Oregon football team, man. And uh, it, it's it's awesome to watch, dude. I'm I'm so happy to see it. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, hell, how many times have we had have we had to hear personally about how much better the SEC is than the Pac-12 and our team sucks and they ain't that great. They mm. ain't never faced nobody great. Well, guess what? We What's could, up now? Right. And what I like, too, is about Crystal Ball is he's always preached the trenches mentality as a former offensive lineman yeah. who had to go up against a former NFL, uh, not NFL player, but, you know, college star who ended up being a wrestling star, Dwayne Johnson, and faced off and squared against him in his college days in Miami. So he lives and breathes winning the battle in the trenches, and Oregon's finally built an offensive line that can do just that. And they showed up and played their hearts out. On, on Saturday. It was great to watch. definitely was, dude. I, I enjoyed it. And it was a good weekend with my brother and my dad. And mm-hmm. my, the whole family, man, we watched. Yeah. Uh, I did forget to add this. I wanted to add a little side note. For the Big 12, they are adding four schools, uh, approved for four schools to be added, um, starting in 2023 with BYU. And then they'll have USC, Central Florida, for those who don't know who you – I mean, not USC – I said USC on accident. UCF, let's say it right. UCF, yeah. UCF, University of Central Florida, Woo. Houston, 
And Cincinnati. Um, am I missing one? I am missing one, aren't I? What am I missing? Mm. BYU, Central Florida. Houston, no, in Houston and Cincinnati. Okay, that's yeah, all four. Sorry. Four. I confused myself when I said USC on accident. <laughs> so I got all myself all mixed up. The brain fart time. Yeah. So uh, the Big 12 will eventually be back to 12. Um, there's no word yet whether Texas and Oklahoma will leave as soon as those schools come in. So the Big 12 could actually have 14 teams before Texas and Oklahoma leave for the SEC. I mean, the fact that the Longhorns lost against Arkansas, Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. Arkansas is pretty damn good. And uh, I know it's always been one of my dad's favorite teams. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of one of the things. They're grinders, dude. So. And that is actually a former um, rivalry when they were, I believe they called themselves the Big West. Yeah. Um, conference way back when, back in the seventies, I think late or early eighties before, um, and before eventually in the, S, um, the Arkansas Razorbacks moved over to the SEC. All right. So uh, one more college note to take: after being routed by Stanford at home, USC the USC Trojans have moved on from head coach Clay Helton. Despite a forty-six and twenty-four record as head coach, Helton could not bring the program back to prominence that it once had. Honestly, though, after Pete Carroll left for another shot at the NFL as a head coach, uh, the program has yet to find that coach that can help bring them back to the relevance they're used to having. It will be interesting to see who the Trojans hire next. In the meantime, Dante Williams will serve as the interim head coach for the Trojans. Yeah. Dante Williams is also a former um, coach and major recruiter for the Oregon Ducks. So, Yeah, man. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this, but... At the same time, at one point, do you say, hey, you know, what's going on here? Because obviously, you know, it's not just to do with the head coach. Yeah. There's a lot more going on with that program that they need to work on to bring themselves back to that, back to them glory days. You know what I'm saying? So They got to be, they, basically, they need to be able to keep their kid, not saying their kids, but the kids in LA, the five star athletes, quarterbacks. Running backs, wide receivers in that area. Yeah, they don't want. They to lose be... a lot of them. They either losing them to us up in north in Oregon, yeah. or they're losing them to all the major colleges out here in, on the east coast, and especially in the SEC conference. Yeah, it's uh, unbelievable to see how hard it is for them to keep those talented players close to home. Um, and so it's really interesting. I I would like to see. Um, there's word coming out that um, Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for Kansas City, who was not given a real shot at a head coaching job, said that SC is probably the only college he would consider going back to college to head coach at. So that's a name to watch. Um, I just don't... And uh, even um, Colin Coward on the Herd today was mentioning that they need to look at possibly getting an NFL coach to come down... Um, because there's a lot of good coaches who probably could um, help the program a lot. It's just I think the other far, part of it is is a fear of getting an NFL style or an NFL head coach or a former NFL coach who then will come down to SC, start bringing the program back up, and then as soon as the NFL comes calling, take off and you're back to square one again. Yeah, that's that's the big thing, and it it. it puts a damper on things too because you get people that'll commit you mm-hmm. get these kids that'll commit to this hey I want to 
come play for you and that coach leaves and then you're just you know yeah. I think what the what SC needs to really push itself into as a program besides just worrying about a head coach they need to figure out a way to help these um, potential recruits get into the NIL stuff name image and likeness stuff that way they could use it you're in Los Angeles you have massive companies all around you that would love to have these kids be a part in sponsorships and all this other stuff. You need to embrace that. You That should be what you need to do because then you could probably keep recruits. You can also bring recruits because, hey, I can get this amount of money if I'm an SE Trojan. Yeah. You need to look into that. you got to embrace it. I mean, because you're not, you're not paying for the kid anyways. They're paying for the kid. But a good way to help get them to come to you is embrace that those companies yeah. and go, hey, we need to let's work something out. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some gray area there where it can start becoming a little sketchy. But I mean, you you got to kind of be one of those te- those schools that need to dive right into that and figure out a way to get that to work to your benefit with the new NIL laws. But we'll see what happens with the Trojans. So we had opening weekend of the NFL, which was strange, crazy, and somewhat confusing. The Cowboys almost pulled the upset of the Buccaneers on opening night on Thursday. The Eagles um, rolled the Falcons to the tune of 34-6. The Cardinals went into Nashville and ran all over the Titans, 38-13, as Chandler Jones had five sacks for the Cards. The Steelers went into Buffalo, played good defense, and walked out victorious 23-16 over the Bills. The Texans looked more than competent against the Jaguars at home as they crushed the Jaguars 37-21. The Saints, misplaced from home in Jacksonville, made Aaron Rodgers look like he should have just went ahead and retired this offseason as they rolled the Packers 38-3, picking Aaron off twice. Unbelievable. Yeah, that was crazy, dude. And Jameis Winston looked like a competent quarterback. What the heck are we living okay, in? Okay, this this Packers game though. I really, I, I really gotta. Uh, let me finish uh, this. Let me finish this part, and then we'll we'll get okay, into it. Okay, okay, okay. Let's. We're almost there. <coughs> I'll ask you what your most important part from the game is. Okay? All right, cool. Okay, so the Rams showed off their new quarterback uh, Matthew Stafford in style as they rocked the Bears on Sunday Night Football to the tune of thirty-four to fourteen, and the Raiders won a Monday Night game. Won the Monday Night game against the Ravens. In overtime, and one of the most unlikely outcomes to happen and may never happen again. So, Cooper, what is your key takeaway from this weekend? What is wrong with Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> That's a good question. MVP last year. <coughs> MVP. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but he doesn't look like he wants to play. No, he doesn't. He looked like he kind of took a sack and, like, literally, like, I'm just going to stand there and let this guy hit. Yeah, we saw that. We and I went, what? And he had time to throw the ball away. At least away. throw it out of bounds. And he and he just he pumped just... it, held it, and then went. You know what? Here, okay, go ahead. Yeah. I'm like, dude. What killed me is because I took Rogers in my fantasy draft and let him start. And God, that. Ugh. How do you get 1.32 points, Aaron Flipping Rogers, defending MVP? And, you know. I get it. The Jags are a new team. I get it. They have a new coach. I get it. They got a new quarterback. But what the... What the hell? Against 
The Texans. The Texans. Without Deshaun Watson. Yeah. No Deshaun Watson. What? And, and I don't know. Did we miss the announcement that Tyrod Taylor and Brandon Cooks have been working together all offseason secretively somewhere? Because that connection looked astonishing. Yeah, dude. It looked like as long as Tyrod put it in a place where Cooks could get it, he was going to go get it. Unbelievable what Cooks was doing with Tyrod Taylor. I was just like... Yeah, the Jags didn't show up as far as defense at all. No, I mean, it doesn't help, though, when your rookie quarterback throws three picks, but... Yeah, yeah, that too. And there were some shoddy uh, penalty calls in that game, too. And I was just like... uh, Some... some some uh, holding calls they called on the Jaguars. I was like, this is bullshit, dude. Right. But, you know, I mean, it's just crazy to see that. And then that Monday night game, dude, that Monday night game. I remember uh, talking, to my, talking to my dad last night. He was talking about the Raiders. <laughs> cross, cross my fingers, they win. And I'm like, good luck, Dad. You know, right. it's the Raiders versus the Ravens. Yeah. And... I put my foot in my mouth with that one, didn't I? I want to take a moment right here, right now, that we, that not only do we, but everybody in NFL circles need to start giving Derek Carr his due respect. That dude was ice cold, dude. He had ice in his mother effing veins in the fourth quarter and overtime of that game. That was unbelievable. The composure. Sweat nothing, bro. I was like, what? That dude was legitimately the reason why that team won that game. I don't care. You can say whatever you want about the defense. Good for the defense. They finally showed up. But you don't get that win. I don't even know if there's another quarterback right now that you could say, yeah, other than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He's the only other quarterback I could say yeah if we had Patrick Mahomes I could still see the victory but anybody else I can't say with 100% certainty that they would have won that game yeah man in that fashion he was just poised dude especially when he threw that freaking fastball at his wide receiver Renfro bounced off a defender's helmet into the arms of another defender and I went well that's it that's game and then the defense steps up and then he turns around and he's like, all right, I got this. Watch me what I do. And he does it. And I'm just like, I I don't know. <laughs> Unbelievable. And it wasn't like they were even in a rush doing it either. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, dude. Because you know like how sometimes it goes into overtime mm-hmm. and people get into a, da- a damn frantic. Yeah. They trip out. Yep. And he was just like. He was as cool right. as the other side of the pillow. <laughs> I was like, dude, what the. Unbelievable. I loved it, though. It was great. It was fun to watch. Hopefully the Raiders can keep up some momentum and do have a decent season because um, I still don't think it's going to be enough to really make a much noise in the in the West. But right now, they can they walk out of that, out of that victory with their heads held high and with a little bit of momentum. Not only that, but let's talk about this, too. What about the Cowboys and the Buccaneers? I know you really don't want to talk about it, but dude, this game was back and forth all night. And Dak looked great coming off uh, his ankle injury. He didn't, he didn't even look like he'd been hurt, dude. Yeah. His um, throws were 
pretty crisp. Uh, his shoulder wasn't too much of a problem for him at all. Um, I still don't understand why no one will blame Tom Brady for his errors. Everybody wants to blame the receiver if Tom Brady throws a pick. <laughs> why are we blaming the receiver? Okay, I understand. it. You get two hands on it, even as a running back, you need to catch it. But don't throw it on top of my head when I'm not used to doing that as a running back. I'm used to the ball being here. Right here in the chest. Yeah. That's where it should be. I shouldn't be reaching up to try to catch it. Fournette was not ready for it to be up top, and it bounced off his hands and goes into it for a pick. And, uh, oh, well, you got two hands on it. You should have caught it. Why don't you throw a better pass, Tom Brady? Ooh, just put it out there like that, bro. But you you are right, dude. Like, running backs, they're not even, I mean, they're not that tall, dude. They're not built like receivers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you got to kind of put it in their wheelhouse. Yeah, give him a better catchable ball, and you guess what? He probably, does, if he drops it, at least if it's down by his chest and he and it bounces off his hands, it's staying in front of him and going to the ground. Not up here where it has a chance to be bounced off my hands. And, oh, it keeps going, and guess what? It's picked. I will say that there's another problem the Jaguars have. Oh, Lord. Okay, we're back to the Jaguars. Okay, what? Oh, yes. What's the? They should have kept him. You think they should have kept Fournette? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. But uh, he didn't want to be there anymore. He didn't like the way things were going. So I, I don't I don't totally blame them for moving on with a problematic player. Obviously, because someone's already looking like idiots for not moving on from their po- problematic MVP player after one game already. All right. It really makes so, you wonder, did he... Did he throw that? Did he, like, decide, I'm not... There were some memes, like, against Aaron Rodgers, how weirdly calm he looked on the sidelines. And they were even mocking him looking like Paul Crew from The Longest Yard. How I look when I'm trying to throw the game to get traded. <laughs> I'm Like, seriously, bro. It's, yeah. it's crazy, man. So, like I said, crazy, confusing... <laughs> unbelievable weekend it was great football glad football's back and i can't wait for next weekend it's gonna be great definitely brother and thank god for the ducks we have an easy game so we don't have to worry too much because that was a nightmare against ohio state when this was so we're ahead why are they coming back we're ahead again why are they coming back oh we won thank god that was close yeah, now they'll have a couple good, couple easy games, and and maybe keep the momentum going. So when and if I'm Oregon, I don't care. I'm I'm playing Stony Brook. I will not put Kayvon Thibodeau on on that field. I don't okay. care. Take another week. You don't need to be there for this one. Yeah, it's Stony Brook. If we can't beat Stony Brook, we don't need the number four ranking we have. We shouldn't even be in the top twenty five anymore. Whether we have him or not. You better, better watch it. You don't want to have to eat those words. But I'm just saying, if we can't beat Stony Brook without Kayvon Thibodeau after we just beat Ohio State without him. This is very true, <laughs> but just... In not, Ohio State. Just knock on wood, please. Thank you. Don't Thank hurt. you, bro. That, that makes me feel a little bit more better. You're a little bit more at ease with that Are you? little statement there. Are you? Okay. <laughs> all right, man. So let's move on to the finale of the worst offseason decisions for all 32 teams. Are we finally at the finale, bro? Yes. This has been fun, man. It has been. 
Interesting, too. And we get to talk about your team this time. Well, last oh. time we talked about my team, now we get to talk oh, about yours. Here we go. Let's go. Not off the, right off the bat, though. You got lucky for that. Yeah. All right. New York Jets. Is Zach Wilson the quarterback they should have drafted? Many experts had Justin Fields as the number two quarterback even after the college football season ended behind Trevor Lawrence. Some even could thought that an argument could be made for Fields as the top quarterback. Those people are a little crazy because it was Trevor Lawrence no matter what. Wilson did look pretty good in his debut last week, but time will tell if the Jets grab the right quarterback with the second overall pick, Cooper. Yay or nay on the worst decision the Jets this made. This is a little, like, now we can be a little bit biased because we've actually already seen him play. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's really that bad, Mm-mm. but he's not that great. No, I still think that Justin Fields is the better quarterback between the two. I will take that all the way to my grave. He, I don't care. Even though Trevor Lawrence threw three interceptions. For the first time since his high school days. He's still a better quarterback. Still a way better quarterback. But uh, in this a- aspect, we're talking just solely Justin Fields compared to Zach Wilson. Um, Zach Wilson had an up-and-down game against the Panthers. I think a little bit of it was emotion because they were facing their former top quarterback that they had, Sam Darnold, in Carolina. And I think Car- the Panthers were, ready, were wanting to just win one for Darnold, especially this one for Darnold yeah. because of who it was and everything. Um, though the Jets came back into the game because they were down, like I think at one point, 16 to nothing, came back and made it respectable 19-14 loss. Uh, and, you know, Wilson was obviously part of that reason why they came back. But, yeah, time will tell. Yeah, man, he had some players. So, he had some good. He had some good plays. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'd still it, say Fields is better. Yeah, it's going to be hard for Wilson though because they he did lose uh, Mackay Becton for a while yeah. due to injury. So that's going to be hard without your top tackle uh, out there for you. If I'm if I'm the Jets, I'm I'm moving um, Elijah Vera Tucker out to the left tackle to protect him. Oh yeah, that's man. what I would probably do. All right, next up. The Philadelphia Eagles. Well, again, it's going to be about Fields. <laughs> uh, will not picking Justin Fields haunt them? The Eagles had a rough offseason with ugly divorce with an ugly divorce between the organization and its head coach and quarterback. Some wondered if the team would even give the reins to Jalen Hurts this offseason. Thus, as Fields continued to free fall in the draft, it would seem they could have grabbed the legitimate a legitimate QB one for the future. When it was announced the Eagles were trading up with the Cowboys, going from twelfth to tenth, it seemed. A certainty that they were grabbing Justin Fields. However, they got themselves a talented wide receiver in Devontae Smith. The dysfunction of the organization, though, does not favor them in truly helping and truly helping their current quarterback. Though they did win against Atlanta to a very nice thirty-four to six victory. So, ah, yeah. So this is it, it's hard to tell, dude. The only time will tell with this, mm-hmm. but I honestly think that it was. It was a good game, dude. I mean, I mean, Devontae Smith had a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So many receptions. And him and Jalen Hurts looked like they knew what they were doing with each other. Yeah. So, I mean, this might have been the better pick. It might end up being the better pick. I don't, Honestly, if I was Fields, I'm kind of feeling a sigh of relief that I didn't go to Philadelphia after watching that what they did to Carson Wentz. Yeah. And their yeah, head coach. And there's that. I'm kind of like going, 
I didn't want to go to that dysfunction. Thank you for not taking me. Not that the bear's dysfunction is much better, but at least say at some point down the road, maybe even starting this week, if they decide to move to fields rather than keep dealing with this Andy Dalton bullcrap, who did not look that great on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. <laughs> um, he looked okay, but not great, where Fields actually got that team excited every time he was on the field for him. Um, he might be able to keep the continuity for his um, GM and head coach if he comes in and starts leading them to some victories, especially now after what we saw in Jacksonville between New Orleans and Green Bay. I can't say that I'm 100% certain that that division is not wide open now because am I going to expect Green Bay all of a sudden to get it together? No, because I also watched Detroit Lions come back against the 49ers this weekend and almost pull it off. Yeah, man. So I'm not 100% certain that the Packers are just going to run away with this division now. So if I'm now if I'm Chicago, I might go, uh, Fields might give us actually a better chance to win. This um this division than Andy Dalton. You know what? I think you're you're pretty much right about that, and I think we only seen, you know, Andy Dalton start the first game, to kind of to bring Fields into the fold and get you know just kind of that way we get like you said get past Aaron Dalton. Yeah, just that would have been fun. So <laughs> yeah. And Aaron Dalton kept getting closer and closer yeah, and right. closer to Dalton and closer. And then he finally got he him. He finally got him. And I was just like, damn, Dalton, don't kill him. Damn. Well, I mean, frustration you understand his frustration when he was being held most of the night. He was. And he not finally was like, I got you. Dalton. Ah! What's with Dalton trying to look like Fitzpatrick? I know. What's that? The beard and the wacky hair. Whoa. It was weird. I'm looking at this guy going, are you, what's are, up with you, man? Are, are you Fitz Dalton now? What the heck is like, this? Like, what is it when people go into the Bears and just like, let's grow a beard now? I don't know. Are you going to be going to the Bears soon? No, no, I'm not. Okay, okay, beard man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we're going to talk about your Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's do it, brother. Juju Smith-Schuster was brought back, but his off-the-field actions were detrimental to the team last year. Though Chase Claypool was added to the craziness with the TikTok videos done by Juju and some other team members, it was Juju who led the way in the antics. It gave opponents even more motivation to knock off the Steelers, and it worked as they lost four of their last five down the stretch and got blown out by the Browns in the playoffs. They also lost in that uh, stretch to the Burrowless Bengals last year. So... Is bringing back Juju the worst decision by the Steelers? I don't think so. You don't think so? Nope. I like Juju, and I think he he's a good leader in the locker room. Yeah, maybe they made a, a you know may have had some 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 issues with some antics, whatever. But oh. you know, as long as he can pull it together, and you got to remember too, you know, Juju's a he's a young dude. So is Claypool. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, it is what it is sometimes. And, yeah, they, they need to act more professional. They are in a professional league. Maybe some of the antics on TikTok need to to die down a little bit. But right. I've seen some of the antics uh, this weekend on TikTok with Claypool, and it was, it was pretty <laughs> hilarious after the win. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, next up, San Francisco 49ers. Stealing Samson Abukam from the Los Angeles Rams may have been a bad deal. Usually getting uh, the opportunity to weaken a rival by stealing away a solid player is usually a good thing. However, the 49ers grab Abukam, who is developing into a decent pass rusher, but probably to, not to the tune of a two-year, $12 million deal. Plus, they'll be having Abukam move from outside linebacker defensive end as he goes from the Rams 3-4 to the 49ers 4-3 defense. This, of course, pushes Abukam to put his hand in the dirt rather than standing in a two-point position. Cooper, is this a bad move for the Niners? Uh, it might be. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, only time will tell with this. Uh, you know, when a player is used to playing a certain way, yeah, uh, you have to retrain your mind, retrain your body on how to do things. And... and uh, Three, four, and a four, three are random. Really different. Yeah. You and I both know this because we both, we both like running the four, three. And the three, four is a lot more spaced out. There's a lot more things that four, three, you got to be, you got to be on it. You got to be getting, you know, willing to get, get to that quarterback and, and smash him. And, uh, yeah, man, hopefully he'll, he'll uh, be able to, you know, adjust to this to this uh, defense. All right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. To and, see but happens. yeah, in two years for twelve million, that's that's uh, that's a lot. One of the reasons why the Rams didn't bring it back. You know, I was a little irritated about that, but that's just the way it is. Anyways, all right. So Seattle is rain is re-signing Chris Carson going to be another running back contract fiasco. Though the contract is favorable, two years, $10 million, Carson is yet to play a full season as a pro. But when he does play, he does play like a top running back in the league. Basically, the Seahawks are gambling on the health of Chris Carson. Cooper, your thoughts on the Chris Carson re-signing as a potential worst decision for the Seahawks? Uh, like I said before, only time will tell with this. I mean, we've seen it with, with other, other running backs in the past. You know, David Johnson. Mm-hmm. That was a fiasco, and uh, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, Dante <laughs> Freeman. So there, there, there's a couple names out there you could throw out there. The only thing with this is, is if he can stay healthy, mm-hmm. it's a good decision. If not, mm. yeah. Um, of course, it doesn't bother me in the least bit because you know, it's a, if it's a fiasco for Seattle, it's great for the Rams. Um, but yeah. so it doesn't really bother me that much. It's just like if Abelcom doesn't work out for the Niners, great for us <laughs> in the division. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. I, to me though, when you're getting him for two years, ten million, that's not like it's you're breaking the bank on on a you know. It's not like when the Rams made Gurley the highest paid running back ever. And then got rid of him. And then had to get rid of him. And then, you know, and then the same thing with uh, the highest paid running back ever again, this time being uh, Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas, where he's not been the same as his rookie year. He's been in decline the following years. And so it's it's one of those things where you're just kind of like, um, it's not technically that bad of a contract. If you get enough games out of him, it might actually end up being worth it. So to me, it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. On that one. All right, next up, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Crap. All right, could keeping Leonard Fournette actually be a problem? 
The Buccaneers retained all 22 starters from last year's Super Bowl winning team, which had not been done since the 1979 Pittsburgh Steelers, who won the Super Bowl the next season. But keeping Fournette could actually be a bad thing, the reason being he's inconsistent and has drop issues, which came out in the season opener against the Cowboys. Uh, the Buccaneers are fully loaded at the running back position and really didn't need to re-sign Fournette. So, Cooper, is this the worst decision the Buccaneers made this offseason? I don't, I don't really necessarily think so. I mean, he showed some good, you know, some good, some good poison during the game, too. Mm-hmm. Made some good plays. And, uh, you know, it's just, you're, like you said, he's got a problem with dropping the damn ball. Knowing, of course, he can also be the scapegoat when the quarterback throws a bad pass and it goes off his hands and it goes for a kick, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, let's just blame Fournette. Yeah, we're just going to blame Fournette for that one, apparently, because Tom Brady does no wrong. Because <laughs> Tom Brady is the goat. Tom Brady is the football god. Tom Brady can go... Su- Never mind. <laughs> Anyways, Tom Brady can go to hell where he belongs. Anyways, so... um. Yeah. He's so to so to the devil. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, yeah, I just, it's hard to say that that's a bad thing because again, they have so many running backs on the team now. Anyways, is his resigning going to be that detrimental to your chance for your opportunity to return as a as to the Super Bowl? Not really, because if he's not doing what he needs to be doing, you give more touches to Ronald Jones. Ooh, okay. Big deal, right? Right. You start cutting his cut. You start cutting it in his playing time and t- make him earn it in practice and everything. That's all you do. It's not like okay, and say in the fact of Gurley, he was our running back and basically the running back. We didn't really have a good option behind Gurley. Malcolm Brown was all right, but he's not that close in talent level. Whereas Ronald Jones may not be. As good as running back as Fournette, say, but he's good enough to the point where you're not going to see a huge drop off in play um, at the running back position. Because also, Doc Ronald Jones knows the offense, has been in the offense long enough, and you know it, that's where I just find it hard to say that that's going to be a bad decision. The only thing I can honestly say maybe would be a worse decision if you want to call it that. I have a hard time finding one other than maybe Indomitian Sue, and I hate to say that because we all know how much I really like Indomitian Sue, but he's, his play has declined as he's gotten older, and so that might be a worse decision than this, I would say. Yeah. But not by by, by a lot, not but still, lot, I'm but just yeah. saying, it, it, Sue's, as he's gotten older, it just hasn't been as dominant as he once was. And it's been masked because their defense is really good on the front seven. So it, that kind of helps. But whereas I think you could have done better with your contract money if you didn't retain Sue and helped out some of the players that came back on one year deals. Maybe could have got multiple year deals and better money. But, you know, they were willing to come back um, to try to win another Super Bowl. All right. Next up, the Tennessee Titans. This is going to hurt you a little bit. <laughs> The big contract given to linebacker Bud Dupree. The Titans needed to boost their pass rush and did so, adding Bud Dupree. They got him for five years, $82.5 million. However, Dupree is coming off an ACL injury which sidelined him for almost half of the season last year. He did make it to the active roster for week one. He would only get one total tackle against the Cardinals in a blowout loss. Uh, not only did, Not only that, but Dupree... 
not was not playing at an elite level prior to the injury anyways and had benefited greatly from T.J. Watt rushing on the opposite edge. So, Cooper, worst decision for the Cardinals? Yes. I mean, Titans? Yes, yes, worst decision. Uh, I was actually kind of happy when he was no longer with with the Steelers because I thought he was kind of holding us back. He's not really fast, and, uh, you know, he'll, he'll – He'll get a tackle every now and then, but he ain't somebody that, like, you can really depend on. And giving somebody that big of a contract coming off an injury like that mm-hmm. and knowing his his uh, shoddy past. All right. Yeah. Yeah, needless to say, it's, it's, um, it's kind of a hard one coming off that major injury. Also, not playing up to the level that he thinks he was at because he just wasn't. He wasn't even at. He wasn't even that way for you know. I mean, you had Brian Shazier before. Yeah, Ryan Shazier. Yeah, and it was so just unbelievable. I mean, he has a lot of great talent around him, and it made him look better. Yeah. So. Yeah, I have I have a hard time thinking why they did that when they had better. Needs they needed to figure out a better way to replace a Dory Jackson, um, which they thought they did with Caleb Farley. Um, that that will be remain to re, remain to be seen. Um, and apparently they needed to bolster their offensive line, which <laughs> gave up five freaking sacks yeah, to one player. Oh, I'm just like, I just don't understand <laughs> some teams, honestly. All right, and finally, the Washington football team. Overdrafting a linebacker in the first round? The Washington football team were in odd position of drafting 19th overall due to winning the terrible NFC East division and making the playoffs despite a lousy record and not even being a 500 ball club. The team still had some good options available at 19, only to draft Jamon, or Jamin, I believe, or it's Jamon with an I for some reason, Davis, linebacker from Kentucky. Uh, they had bypassed a wide receiver, cornerback, and offensive tackle that would have been more beneficial for them, especially since um, offensive tackle was kind of a major need. Cooper, your thoughts? My thoughts is I don't really pay attention. Pay attention to the Washington football team when you can give me a real name and you know who you're gonna be. <coughs> Then I might show you a little bit more attention, but I really don't care for you. And the only reason why you made it in your division is because your division sucks. Yeah. It was who's going to suck less. So I really don't care. I think it was a stupid decision on their part. Mm-hmm. They might have, should have went with an offensive tackle, or even like you said, a receiver. I mean, or cornerback. But... It's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, we can't make the decisions. We're just here to talk about it. Right. Um, getting Rashard Bateman would have been actually beneficial because their only real true offensive weapon on the offensive side as a wide receiver is Terry McLaren, who's becoming a really good wide receiver in his own right. But at some point, you're just going to roll over double coverage to him and dare Fitzpatrick, or now who's injured, any quarterback, Tyler, uh, I believe it's Tyler Henneke, is going to be the starter on Thursday night. You're just now going to dare them to throw it to anybody else because you're going to try to take away McLaren. And McLaren's not 
it's not like he's DeAndre Hopkins. He's he's not um, an old version or a young version of Julio Jones, where it don't matter how many players you put on him, he will beat it. He's not definitely not no Randy Moss um, type player where hey, I'll just throw it up, I'll go get it. You know, it's not that type of player. So it's going to be really hard for me to believe that not getting Rashard Bateman might not have been a better idea. Or, as we saw with Fitzpatrick getting hurt, maybe getting a offensive tackle to help protect Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is older than Methuselah right now in NFL terms. <laughs> yeah, I literally thought, you and I both thought there for a while they were going to get a quarterback, but they passed him. Yeah, well, of course, they didn't try to move up to get one. And after Mac Jones went at 15, there wasn't really a quarterback other than, of course, who we thought would be a good pick for, you know, anybody other than Tampa Bay because Tampa yeah. Bay didn't need... They didn't need a quarterback. Need a quarterback. Jerks. But, you know, uh, <laughs> Kyle Trask could have went there. You know, something, anything. Because even if you kept Fitzpatrick, fine. Don't tell me Trask couldn't learn from Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Fitzpatrick knows football. He's been around. He deserves a chance to be under a quarterback who knows the game. I mean, he's getting that with the cheater. Hopefully, Denver sells his soul to the devil like the cheater did. But anyways, <laughs> but um, uh, it's just it it just dumbfounding. I mean, I I understand. Okay, you didn't want to waste or not. I don't think it would have been a waste to get Trask at nineteen overall. You could have traded down, still picked up another draft pick next year or in the second round, got Trask in the second round or something, or just getting the damn tackle or corner or wide receiver and just it would have been better because you already have a stud front four. You really didn't need the linebacker. You needed other places, and you kind of reached. Yeah, I think they're a little bit more too worried about Yeah, they're, they're you know, what they're going to be called in the next year or two. Not only that, but they're too worried about not picking up a quarterback that used to play quarterback for their current head coach. Yeah. <laughs> Who was a free agent again. The, they're so staunch on not wanting to sign Cam Newton that they don't even. No. This is our guy. Okay. Dang. Right? Like, why? It's like, dude, just pick up Cam Newton. I mean, I how bad is that relationship that you won't even almost acknowledge? It's like you're trying to say he's your team is Harry Potter and you don't want to say Lord Voldemort. Right. <laughs> he who shall not be named will not be the quarterback of this team. It's basically right. how they're treating it. Like, good Lord, man. What are you doing? Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so, yeah, it's been crazy. It, but it's fun. That was a fun uh, little thing to do. I enjoyed it. Yeah, man, it was cool to go through these teams and mm-hmm. and kind of give our, our take on it. And, yes, sir. You know, it's it, it's fun to get on here and, and finally talk about something that we love. We love football. Yes. And it's great to be back talking about it. And, <sighs> makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. Yeah, right, right. It's like drinking again. <laughs> oh, wait, I shouldn't say that. My bad. Um, <laughs> but seriously, man. I want um, Jack Daniel sponsorship. Anyway, I think a lot of people, they misconstrue what we're about. Yeah. And they think that, oh, well, you guys are just trying to be sports analysts. What are you guys doing? You're dumb. You're, you're stupid. You're this. You're that. Right. No. We're on here giving our opinions yep. as fans for the fans. Yeah. 
And, you know, it's it's just us having a good time. Yeah, it's just being... We basically want you to feel like you're here and talking sports with us, even though we're not actually talking with you because, unfortunately, we're just not. But we're talking about things that we know other sports fans would be talking about. Yeah, because, I mean, I think we've we've had a misconstrued over the past uh, couple weeks or so about what we do and... Uh, just want to put it out there that you know we're sports fans we love mm-hmm. sports and you know if if we feel the need to, to speak on it we will you know and yeah. you know whether yes whether we're right or wrong mm-hmm. you know we're fans yes right so it is what it is and people and by the way people did side with you on the poll that the georgia upset of clemson was the bigger upset of last weekend not this last weekend the first weekend yeah. of college football yeah so, um, you beat me by one vote. <laughs> there we go, brother. So, but there we go. So, I mean, I thought that UCLA beating LSU would have been a little bit more, you know, because unranked over ranked, you know, whatever. It is what it is. That's how things go. But, you know, it was a big upset indeed, but you got the fans to agree with you on that. So, well, there we go, brother. <clears throat> I mean, that's how it is. It is what it is, right? That's right. So, uh, we'll, uh, Hopefully have another poll for you guys here soon about something. We'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll do a um, MV. We'll probably do maybe a award polls as the uh, MLB season comes to a close. That'll probably be what we'll do. Um, to get your guys' opinions on who you think will win certain awards. So that'll that be fun. Would, that would be fun. Also, yeah, I like that <clears> idea. And also, maybe we'll also put out. Yeah, we'll put out a poll about what y'all think about NASCAR moving the Clash to Los Angeles in the Coliseum. Do you like it or not? We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, why not? <clears throat> so, we'll have that for you. Thursday, we'll be back with our second episode of AEW Talk. Can't wait for that. It's going to be fun. Heck yeah, man. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in AEW. Surprise. Crazy things. stuff. Yes, I can't wait to talk about that. That's going to be fun. And then Saturday, of course, we'll be back with WWE Talk. And we'll talk about the WWE Championship. Yes, sir. Because that was fun. Yes, sir. Some big, big things come. Yes. <laughs> fun on the butt. All right. And then, of course, we'll be back, of course, with more baseball basketball talk on Sunday. And we got word of another potential trade. This time it's not Lakers related, I think. Though the guy is kind of old, so he could end up being a Laker. We never know anymore with this shit. Oh, we've got another thing for you with with wrestling. <clears throat> What's up? I think I, I made a little bit of a prediction. I'm oh, I forgot about, about that. Too. I'm sorry. That was... I forgot. Yes. We, on Saturday, wrestling talk... WWE talk. Sorry, not wrestling talk anymore. We're WWE. used to wrestling talk. Yes, yes. we are. Um, on WWE talk, Cooper made a prediction on the show, and it's already been discussed and officially un- announced that it's been discussed by WWE... Of happening, so we can't wait to talk about that. And I, I'm gonna tell you, I didn't, I didn't get my scoop from anybody. It was just a thought of mine that hey, that would be cool. And guess what's gonna happen? That's so probably happening. We're, we're totally gonna talk about it. Yes, because you be just like I started getting us talking about Shohei Otani before Colin Coward, and I feel very proud of that. That's why you should be very proud of the fact that you started this. Um, thing that we're going to be talking about on Saturday before it became any newsworthy idea. 
um, with WWE officials, and therefore you deserve your praise and um, your feel good about knowing something before someone else. Definitely, bro. And that's the thing with this, dude, Mm -hmm. is you and I, we're such big sports fans that this is how we this is how we do things. We we predict things sometimes before it happens, and then when we see it happen, we're like, "What? Right? What?" So this is cool. It'll be fun to share with you guys. Yes, sir. All right. So then, yes, then Saturday. I mean, Sunday, baseball, basketball talk. We'll talk about that, and then of course again back next week with another uh, football NASCAR talk as we got plenty to talk about from more fun um, weekend from college football and the NFL. Um, Thursday night, um, there's an already going to be an announcement for Hard Knocks on Thursday night football, so make sure you tune into the Thursday night game at halftime for that announcement. Um, probably not going to be that good of a game because it's Washington and the Giants, and we all know how that's going. Right <laughs> yeah, it's going to be. <sighs> yeah. Um, of course, at no, no point did I ever think that the Eagles would actually be on top of the NFC East this year at any point. It's only week one, bro. Calm down. But still, the okay. only one that won? It's okay, bro. The only team that won? How are they the only team that won in that division? <laughs> NFC East, you got a lot of explaining to do, honestly. Anyway, so that'll do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at Sports Talk dot Cooper dot Big Man. Or you can email us at Sports Talk with Cooper in Big Man. That's Sports Talk. W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, big man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.